Good afternoon and welcome to Anfield Extra. I'm Neil Jones and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Andy Kelly. How are you Andy? Uh, I'm okay mate, I'm sat in front of a, a caramel square and, a, and then some lemonade so it can't be bad. That's I'm perfect. glad you said that Andy because it sounds like we're in a nightclub. Right? <laughs> Just to put the record yeah. straight, yeah. we're not in a nightclub yeah. and you're not drinking yeah. Sprite and eating a caramel square <laughs> in the Conti. That would be surreal wouldn't it? Yeah. Well this is not the 90s, we're not, we're not in the Conti. We're not, uh, this music, I thought we'd gone back to the 90s. We're not out enjoying ourselves, we're out doing work, but we're, uh, we're out, as you might have guessed by the, the voice you just heard there, we're out by our first ever returning Anfield Extra guest, Jason McAteer. Jason, welcome and uh, great to have you back. Thanks very much, it's a pleasure, yeah. That's yeah. a nice, uh, is that an accolade? Yeah, making history, making history with Jason like McAteer. I think, Why yeah, not? Yeah, absolutely. Put that on your Wikipedia page, I think. I'd we'll, much rather we'll... be in the county, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, think all, I think we all would. Yeah, even, even now, even now. <laughs> Three hands are raised for the county oh, yeah. there, I think. Absolutely, but unfortunately we're not in the county, we're, we're in the Costa, and we're here to look at Liverpool's summer and the season to come. Plenty to talk about, even if, even if not much has actually been solidly happening over the last few weeks but uh, a lot of speculation a lot of rumour Jason you've been doing a lot of travelling as well in that time um, yeah, I think your watch is still set to the Far East time and at the moment you've been out in Hong Kong with the uh, the team how did you find that for starters? Um, well just to go back even further mate I, I've got asked um, I've got asked to go on I don't know what I'm doing at the minute but it's obviously something right <laughs> so I was asked to go on the Australia game I think all the lads must have been on holiday, that's what's been going on, or working or something. I was asked to go on the Australia game right at the end of the season. Um, obviously the one Stephen Gerrard and Stephen yeah. Mack and, and the lads played in. So that was a great experience to travel with the, with the lads and, and sort of catch up. See how, with John Achterberg, but obviously still close with yeah, John Achterberg, yeah. catch up with him and just see from inside the ropes how it all works really. As close as we get, you know, there is, there is things that you don't get to see yeah, stuff yeah. until you're actually with the boys. So that was really interesting. Um, and then I was I went to Qatar and done the, the Confederations Cup, worked on that, which was um, it's actually a really good tournament. You know, yeah. the warm up tournament for the World Cup, Chile were there, obviously hosted in Russia. Yeah. Um, brilliant moment right at the beginning, Vladimir Putin doing his tour, <laughs> and then it scanned onto the Russian players who just looked. I swear to God, as if they were going to be sent down the coal mines forever <laughs> if they hadn't won that game against New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know what he said because we're all in Russia, but it worked. Um, yeah, so worked on that. That was a, that was a good experience. And then um, I was delighted to get the call because it, it is it is an honour to, to be asked to go on tour. Yeah. Um, got the call. Uh, do you want to go on tour uh, this season? Uh, Hong Kong was the first trip, and then I'm away uh, doubling on on Thursday okay. for the last leg of it. So Hong Kong was um, yeah intense. Yeah, it was it was intense, but I mean we I mean we were prepped before we went, and you don't ever think it is going to be sixteen hour days, but it is. Yeah. It's hard work. I think you know from a club point of view, this day and age, the world is such a small place now with travel. I mean they're hiding their own planes now, yeah. aren't they, to go everywhere? So so very, everywhere is really accessible as far as Australia, and obviously we were in Hong Kong, but, but I think commercially it was a, a massive success for the club. Um, the, fa- the fans still as still as rabid reds as they are. Mental, as you, as mate, it's mental. Thought, yeah. I, I can't, I can't explain. Like no title. What is it? Twenty six years. Yeah. No yeah. title for twenty six years, yeah. and it's like we were Champions League and yeah. and League Premier League title winners last season. It's it's a, it was amazing, and um, just to put into perspective, you know the fans that turned up. I think it was forty five thousand, forty thousand were Liverpool fans. But a little funny story. Steve Parish pulls me one night, Crystal Palace yeah. chairman. And he said to me, um, he said, how many fans did you have at the airport when you landed? I said, oh, it was about 3,000, Steve. I said, how many did you have? 
he went eight. <laughs> eight. But I was waiting for the hundred and the eight, <laughs> yeah. and it never come. And I actually went to him, eight hundred, and he went, no, just eight. eight. And the funny thing was, they went to the wrong terminal. Oh, they went yes. to like terminal three, and they landed in terminal <laughs> one, so they didn't even see him come uh, in. So that just tells you the, the enormity. They were, they were of the, booing it. The Liverpool fans were booing Johnny Evans during the, the, the West Brom games, weren't they? Even when Liverpool weren't playing, they were, yeah. they were still booing the ex-Manchester United yeah. man and things like that. So yeah, all that was going on, but just fanatical and and. You know, we had we had a lovely bunch of fans who just basically camped outside our hotel yeah. for the whole time for the week we were there. And um, yeah, I, I just think commercially it was a, a massive success for the football club. Um, new partners on board, so we were out with them and talking to them about how things are. But obviously, football-wise, not ideal preparations. Yeah. You know, we had two days of rain I've never seen before. Yeah. It was literally. It was this solid wall of rain in front yeah. of you where you couldn't see ten foot. It was ridiculous. Our man James Pierce as well didn't didn't take a pair of trousers on that on that tour, did he? <laughs> Schoolboy era. He went he went only with shorts. Schoolboy era. Yeah, they were lucky to get the game on really. Jace, weren't they? It, yeah. it was it was looking dodgy at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, the Tuesday we landed Monday morning. Torrential rain kicked in after an hour, and then it just persisted. Then and you know then trying to find. You do have contingency plans, obviously, and the staff worked unbelievably hard to try and find an alternative. Yeah. But the rain was that hard; the whole of Hong Kong was flooded, yeah. and um, it was just non-stop. It was just non-stop. So, you know, the contingency plan goes out the window, and you can, you know, you know, there's a frustration with the players because yeah. they've been back a week. You know, I, I felt for them because when you're in pre-season, you work really, really hard for the first ten days. You, you basically run for the first ten days. And then once the ball comes out, it eases off, but it's kind of it's where you want to be. Yeah. Now with that, you can't kick a football for two days. You start running again. Yeah. So the lads were like, up, up who was uh, who struggled with pre-season training most back uh, back in the back day? in the day, Jess? Um, I think obviously Razor probably <laughs> wasn't. He wasn't uh, the best best trainer really. No, everyone, everyone sort of had a goal. I think the, the standout ones was obviously Stevie Mack, really. Yeah, yeah. Leonardo when he came, he was always Steve, a Stevie player. Mack was, was he the sort of he was the, the guy who'd win all the sprints and the middle distance and the long distance. Yeah, but he was clever, Mack, and he was a team player, so he wouldn't go too quick. So we all know he'd win the races, so he wouldn't go like he, he could win them by a mile yeah, if he wanted yeah. to, but he didn't want to embarrass anyone. Yeah, so he'd stay in the pack, pacemaker, yeah, yeah, and then he'd just kick on like a last <laughs> lap, so we'd all come in, yeah, but um. Yeah, pre-season's a horrible, horrible time for yeah. a footballer. How, how did you find being around Klopp and, and the, the squad? I mean, you obviously flew over with, with, the, with the squad to Australia. Yeah. Um, how did you find the, 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 way, the way that that dynamic was compared to maybe when you were going on an end-of-season trip or when you were going on a pre-season trip? Was it was a footballer still the same now or was it a bit of a change in, um, in the way that they operate with each other? And, and No, they're still very much, you know, they're very close. They are very, very close, which was something that we had as a team. Um, I didn't see a pack of cards, yeah. whereas we were always <laughs> playing cards, and that was a, it's all iPads now in it and stuff. And um, you know the travelling party, you know there's doctors and nutritionists yeah, and coaches, yeah. and you know things have changed. It's it, they've changed, so you know they they stay on a time now where yeah. it's like three hours back. So that that got kicked into effect. Eating times were all different. Sleeping times were all different. So they um, you know they are looked after like resources. Yeah. They are prepared thoroughly, um, which is great. But uh, you know, I'm sure I'm speaking for every team there. It's not just Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that how close the manager is to the players, you know, there's a there's an affection there. You, you see can that, see yeah. it. You can see it. You, you know, he stops, he talks to them all, but he's 
they all they, they don't shy away because he's the gaffer do you know what I mean yeah. the younger lads are a little bit nervous you can see that but the older lads it's, it's very much like he's like their favourite uncle kind of it, relationship He's not the same type of character, I don't think. But is he? Is Roy seems to have that with the, with the squad when he was there, when you were, you were playing. Is it a bit like that relationship where he you can talk to them on a on a, a friend level almost? Yeah, or yeah, a, yeah, that's what it's like. I mean, you see him in front of the camera. He's very charismatic and stuff. Yeah. But he's different behind the ropes. Yeah. He, he's very much a you know a man managing the, the lads, like a friend to the lads as well, like a confidant as well. You could see that. Like you could see you would, the lads wouldn't be frightened going going to tell him something or ask him something or or speak to him. You know. And you could you could see his frustration at times, you know, because he he felt for the lads, because obviously then you've got the, the the science side of things like wanting to, yeah. you know, when they, when they can't train, they want to, they're eager to get in and keep the lads up to speed and stuff. And you could see him, you know, overseeing things and stuff, and you know, looking out for the lads. Really, it, it was it was nice. It's it's nice to see. It was it was good. Yeah. They, they obviously we had a couple of new faces in the camp. Jace obviously with Mo Salah coming in, yeah. probably. You know, most high profile and 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 Dom Solanke as well coming in. Uh, you know, after a very good uh, under twenties World Cup, yeah. best best player of the etc. Um, from from what you've seen of them so far, in terms of how they're settling in with the the, the team, which seems to be really well from the outside. But um, you seeing that when you were with them, and uh, how, what what have you liked or not liked? Of them on the pitch, what, what yeah, it's seen? funny. I think I think Solanke obviously. I think he slotted in a lot easier because there's a lot more younger lads sort of around the camp, and yeah. probably he'd have more in common, obviously, than than most Salah would. And he, I got the sense he kept himself to himself a little bit. Although you would not, you, when I say that, he he kind of like, well, he, every time I looked at him, he was asleep. You know, he wasn't <laughs> kind of like like talkative yeah. and stuff, but. You know, it's difficult when you when you come in a language barrier and yeah. stuff, and you, you come in and you've got this high expectation. You know, you don't want to come all guns blazing. You want to like ease into it and stuff. And you know, we yeah, he was he was around the lads when you see him. He was he wasn't like at the back on his own yeah. or anything like that. But um, Solanke was very much you know involved with the young lads and stuff. And the little groups, you know, they yeah. keep the young lads. You'll know a lot of them yeah. from from exactly. England. Yeah, exactly. well. So it would have been a lot easier for him to yeah. to um, integrate with, with the others. But you know, as far as both of them on the pitch it, it impressed me, um, yeah. like Salah. You know, I knew he, I knew he had a really good season. Fifteen goals last season, eleven assists for Roma, and Harry thought of over there. You can argue it's a slightly you know easier league than. And what have you? But, and there's obviously that criticism that comes with not not doing it at Chelsea. But I felt he was really young at Chelsea. It was yeah, tough for him. Twenty one, was. Yeah, it? back into that language barrier thing, settling in London as well. It was it was tough. Came for halfway him. through the season yeah. as well. So I think to... exactly. So I think I think the the Roma experience would have, has done him the world of good. And um, I think Liverpool will benefit now from from yeah. him having that experience and being and being older and yeah. you know his performances, his pace, you know his directness. You know it's it's something that. You know, certainly in the games like last season, where you look at Burnley, um, Hull, yeah. you know, they're the games that you could see him, yeah. you know, standing All out. Southampton making games that he couldn't score in, making the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because he likes to go beyond the player. He's always looking to come in off the touchline. He doesn't hope the touchline. Yeah. You know, he doesn't always want it wide. He'll go through the middle, and um, he's got a couple of goals by doing that because. You know, you've got players who can get on the ball and provide the serve. If you were a fullback or, or wing back for, for a lot of your career, what what would you be like against someone like that? I mean, you would have had who, who, would, who would be the <laughs> be showing him inside all the time. Gigs, <laughs> a, a gigs in his prime, maybe or someone Giggsy, like that. Yeah, I mean, Giggsy, 
he liked going in. Yeah. He liked going inside and outside, but predominantly yeah. like Overmars, perhaps someone like that. Yeah, well, Overmars was another one. I think this this coming inside thing has, has crept in really over maybe the last ten or fifteen years. It wasn't wingers were wingers when I like yeah. Giggsy was a winger, Overmars yeah. was a winger, and you know the way they, the way you brought up as a winger is to get around the outside, yeah. isn't it, and Show get to the byline, yeah, and get to the byline and get crosses in with. That's what your winger provides. But these days, you know, the linking up with your front man, the coming inside. You know they've got the ability to go outside yeah. and that's what salah's got he's got the pace to go outside but he's got the awareness and the cuteness to come inside and and break the lines as well you know he can he can run off his shoulder and go direct through the middle which we've seen on a couple of his yeah, goals you know, little gives and goes you know, we got a goal in hong kong where he little little ball back to him yeah. you know he can come inside off the line and made a diagonal run he got on the end of something but he's um he's a threat and he looks fit as well he looks yeah. fit you know he's played a lot he's played a lot yeah, but uh, he does look fit. Yeah. You'd be passing them on then. <laughs> them on oh, I'd be like, show, I'd be showing him inside. Like, oh, I'd be like, get yourself in there. No, you ain't going yeah. on the outside here. You should talk. Last game we saw, as we're talking, fullback play. Just um, Andy Robertson make his debut. Um, yeah. Obviously, came on in the second half uh, the other day. Um, I think in one half, seemed to me we saw both bits of him, which was. Definitely looks very good going forward and got over a great ball from, from the byline and was also bombing on to try and make yeah. outside runs and outside overlaps and making himself a presence. And then a couple of times he, he, was he was attacked and sort of lost his balance and fell over at one point, creating a chance for the opposition. Um, it, it seems pretty obvious to me that he looks like sort of football, if you got hold of him and started talking to him about body position and all this sort of stuff that... You could see a significant improvement happening, but you wonder how he gets, you know, to be an international for Scotland and a Premier League player as he was, you know, for a yeah. season with Hull. And you'd expect that people have had those conversations with him about body shape and, you exactly. know, if you say talk about showing inside or where you, but where yeah. you want him to go. And it seems to me he still had a bit to learn on that score. I don't know what I you think, thought. I think Liverpool. I think. You know, it's obviously a different proposition than what Hull's going to offer Hull. You know, they're going to get everyone behind the ball. He's going to have a lot more security, really, a lot more defensive-minded players around him. You know, where Liverpool are a lot, lot more attacking, aren't they? The full-backs are expected more Klein, to climb. To, to yeah. You look at Klein, even Milner last season. There is a big emphasis on, on getting up and creating. Um, Kind of defending now, I think for fullbacks for the top top teams is, is secondary now. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's predominantly going forward. You look at you look at Walker, um, Danny Alves, you know all the best fullbacks in the weather. All you look at them, you think attack, don't you? You don't you look at the money City are spending on fullbacks yeah. now. But exactly, more attack minded and stuff. Um, and I think you're right. I think going going forward, he's he's a great prospect. And, and plus, it's it's funny your first game, your debut game. Certainly in pre-season, you want to impress. So you're impressed by going forward sometimes. That's it. What's in your head? You put good balls in, we score from it. You get the assist, and you get the name of the face. So that's kind of like where you're at really on your first game. But I'm sure, like you know, once you've had a good look at it, and it won't go without being noticed. I'm sure by the management team and, and the staff and that. But there are times you you do have to defend, and you have to defend properly. Otherwise, at that level, you get caught out. And there's fine margins playing in the top six. You know, a goal being scored, isn't it? You know, you make a mistake, you get punished by the top six teams. So, you know, he's going to have to add this this better defensive quality to his game if he's going to nail down the position because you, you do need to have it. But I do think going forward, I think that that's his strength. 
But then again, you look at if we sign a defensive midfielder, that sometimes does help you get out of trouble sometimes, though they come across and cover, yeah. don't they, at times. But you're right, at times you got caught out, but I'm sure that'll be addressed in, in training yeah. sessions to come. What do you, what do you think of the right-back situation? Because we've, we've, we know, obviously, Nathaniel Klein might miss the Watford game now, and he doesn't miss looks many like games, Klein. Yeah. You know, he, he's been the, the Mr. Durable throughout yeah. his time at Liverpool, but looks like he's going to miss that. There's, there's probably three options there. There's, there's Trent, there's Joe Gomez, and there's uh, John Flanagan, who's still at the club. A lot of people have been talking about Trent as a, a potential threat to Klein anyway before this injury. Do you, do you see this as a, a potential to, for any of those three really to, to, to go and make the mark? And, I think, you know, will you be like excited obvious, about seeing one of those? The obvious choice is, is um, Alexander-Arnold. I think Trent, I think his progression has been brilliant. I think he's handled himself brilliant. You know, he, he's got in, he's had a few games, he hasn't let himself down. He hasn't gone knocking on the door expecting yeah. to stay in the team. He's come out with the team, he's gone back in, he's come out, he's gone back in. You know, you look at him around, he's a, he's a softly spoken lad who's focused, um, yeah. extremely professional, uh, does everything right. You know, he's, he's, he's an athlete, he's an athlete. And I think from a fullback's perspective, from what I see, this is no disrespect to, to Klein. I think, I actually think his, his final ball's better. Yeah. Um, but going back to your points um, about Robinson, I think I think um, Klein's defensive duties and sometimes yeah. his body shape, where to show players, I think he gets lost a little bit. But that will come. That does come. Um, that does come. So yeah, I I would have Trent. I wouldn't have no hesitation playing him in the first game of the yeah. season. And I th and I think on merit, I think he should start the season. Just, just, he's got similarities with you. He's played midfield. He's obviously yeah, he's he might get into the field, team. He? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, he, he still he still has played there as a sub, yeah, even yeah. for Liverpool. And he seems to have energy wherever you're going to put him. You're going to get a sort of marauding type of player. But he, he's he's he seems to have a cross on him as well. And that was one of your strengths. Obviously, when you played right wing back, you could get get balls in from whether it was the byline or whether it was a bit deeper. Yeah. He seems to have a few similarities there. That's why I really like him. I think his his final ball is has been very good. Um, you know, Klein does have a tendency to hit the first man, yeah. you know, not to pick the right option, whether it's a, a little floater into the box or yeah. drive one or bend one or, or chip one. You know, Alexander Arnold seems to have better decision making when yeah. it comes to that to that point of putting the ball in. He's, he's also got the option of passing to nobody and going himself, Chase, which we've, we've seen yeah. certainly at under-23 level. Yeah. He'll keep going, get in the box. Yeah. He scored a great goal at Goodison and the, for the under-23s towards the end of the season um, the when they were celebrating their, their league title win. And he, the only thing I'd be worried about is, is I thought I think Salah, as good as we as he is going forward, I do think he could leave Klein exposed yeah. now and again. Sorry, well, whether Klein well, anyone, plays or not, yeah. anyone who plays right back. I do think at times that area can be exposed, yeah. so I just think Arnold can't rely on his pace to get him out of trouble all yeah. the time. There's got to be that sense of awareness that sometimes you don't go. Yeah. You know, I, I used to love like going all the time, just keep going and yeah. overlapping and going, but sometimes you just got to, and it comes with experience that sometimes you just think, I'll just hang on here a minute. Yeah. You know, we might be 1 0 up with 15 minutes to go, and you just think, that's not the right yeah. option to go round the outside, you know, leave all that space behind me where if they break, they're away. Yeah. You know, so sometimes 
know, but that comes with experience. What, yeah. what did you want in a guy in front of you? Then you, you obviously you played the wing back system a lot at Liverpool, but you must have played with a, a right winger. Yeah. What did you want in a right winger? Did you want someone who take goes in off the line and gives you the room, or did you want someone who you could just support? And, you and get an understanding. Of, I had a fantastic understanding with Steve McManaman. I, mean, I used to say to him, even playing wing back, because he had the free role. I used yeah. to say, come and play over on the right, because um, he always made himself available. His decision making was brilliant, whether it was to stay outside or whether to come inside and let me go round the outside. You know, he would. He had the now smacker to, to take players away to give me the space to yeah. go down the outside. He wouldn't just do it willy nilly, he knew when to do it. And and he was one of them where if you were on, he'd give you it. You know, you'd, the times the times you give it to a player and stuff and they turn and you're on and they just don't give you it back and you're in a good yeah. position just to frustrate the life out of me at times. But you'd, all, you'd know you were getting it off Macca. Um, so he was a he was a great winger to to have um, partner me as a fullback or even or even as a wing back. Yeah, you, you get that understanding, but that comes with playing games and being on the same se- same team yeah. and training and stuff yeah. and, and just being with each other and, and getting on the same wavelength. So so yeah, that that comes with time. Surprised is that Klopp seems to have sort of said parked Joe Gomez at right back for a little bit in pre-season as well. I think we were all expecting him to be. Centre back going forward, you know, um, yeah. and um, his days. Obviously, he did play left full back, didn't he, when he came into yeah. the team? Played very well. Got his injuries coming back in. Um, seems to, he's done okay at full back. Um, interesting quotes from Klopp about telling them to lose muscle because uh, yeah. he'd put on a lot it of muscle. In the, it happens when you're injured. Presumably because you're injured yeah. and you're in the, you're in the, the gym too much. Yeah, <laughs> trunks on the uh, yeah. trunks in the suitcase. Aren't you? you know, it's you know, yeah. these kids are like. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. I think you know. You look at that. That's why I mentioned before. You look at Arnold and stuff, and he's he's the he's the perfect modern day wing back yeah. fullback. You know, he, he's he's like that. Yeah. There's just nothing on him. He's just an athlete, and uh, you can see Joe's been working hard to get himself fit. You know, and sometimes that can be you can over elaborate in the gym and yeah. do a little bit few too many weights and stuff. And yeah, he, you can be top heavy being a fullback. You can get caught out with that. But I think it, I think it'd be wrong for us to expect he's all of a sudden going to waltz back in and slot in at centre half or even at right back and do a, a do Still a decent 20. job. One, he's young, but he's coming back from a horrific season in the sense of injury, and um, you know he's picked up another little niggle now. And from my experiences of having long-term injuries, it takes it takes ten or fifteen games to get yourself right up to speed. You know everything else starts, you know, twanging, and you know you start feeling other things because they're compensating for you know for for what you've been doing and stuff. So I'm not surprised he's picked up this little niggle, um, but he needs to. Be, for me, next season it is about dripping him in and out. I think he's got bags of potential. Um, I was made up when he signed. He showed real potential when he signed, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The games he played at centre half and oh, I think he's a left back, wasn't he? Yeah, under Brendan. Yeah. Um, so as versatile, you know, being versatile, he, he can play in a number of positions. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to go straight in and, and yeah. do a job. Where you mentioned him as a right back. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I wouldn't. Right. I mean, he may well go on loan. Possibly, yeah. If, yeah. if he'll he'll go, which brings up probably <laughs> where we need to go Dutchman. on a certain Dutchman. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about a couple of the new rivals. Chase, what have, what have you thought of the club's business overall? I mean, the the summer's been dominated by the names Naby Keita and uh, Virgil yeah. Van Dijk to a certain extent because they got Mo Salah out of the way almost, and people sort of parked him and moved on, didn't they? And they want. Um, I don't. I don't think it's been helped. Yeah. I don't think it's been out by our rivals making five or six signings. I 
mean, all them players going in at Tranmere has just been an absolute nightmare, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's helped because obviously you, you know, fair play to Evan. He's Cumin's done his business. He's identified the players. He's got them in and he's got them in before pre-season. So fair play to him. They've, they've done good business. You know, I'm expecting good things from Everton next, next season. I think the derby's going to be brilliant. Um, but I just think with Liverpool, you know, I think the managers identified the players he wanted towards the end of the season. I think he, you know, Keita and Van Dijk with it, with it, and Salah with it, were the three players he, he really, really wanted. Um, and they were always going to be big money. And unfortunately, with big money signings, there's a lot of red tape to get through, whether it's dealing with the club, the agents, the agents' yeah. fee, you know. And one, with the, certainly with, with the Keita deal, you're dealing with Red Bull, who... You know, probably one of the richest outfits in in the world when yeah. it comes to you know comes to having income. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the Salah deal was done after a little bit of wrangling, but it was done. It was big money, but he's in. And the Van Dijk, obviously new manager, has gone into Southampton. Desperately wants to keep hold of his best centre half. We'll have to see where that one goes. If you're asking me, who do I think we'll get from the two? Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk is is a is a real yeah is a real there's a real yeah, chance of getting chance of that, yeah, yeah i think the kaita one i wouldn't i wouldn't hold my breath on that maybe next season is, is, is van dyke what they need in terms of ex- well, exactly what they need in type of player if they don't get van yeah. dyke would he need someone like that i think if you i think if you're looking at liverpool going forward and and, and transfers if you look at last season i think I think going forward, scoring goals, creating things, at times was a bit, was a bit of a problem um, in the games we, we mentioned before, yeah. the likes of the likes of Hull and yeah. Burnley early on Van Dijk. in the <laughs> ironically. Yeah, ironically, yeah. Um, so, sorry, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> John Aldridge trying to get in on our podcast there. Um, yeah, so I think, I think obviously getting Champions League football and I think the manager was 100% honest I think he would say he messed up in the FA Cup what an opportunity Wolves yeah. at home I think yeah. it was a real opportunity to beat them and go forward and, and I think he, he felt he may have took it a little bit lightly and maybe should have done a bit better so I think we'll I think he'll fancy one of the Cups next season in the FA Cup possibly so he knows there's a lot more games to be played and obviously going forward you know we just needed bodies but we were well equipped to you know, to scoring goals and creating things. That wasn't the problem area. The problem area, I think, for me, I think if you look at the top four, we've got the worst defensive record. I think there's still a vulnerability at set set pieces. I was saying to before we before we actually started, you know, Liverpool from a winning position last season you can see there's something like 18, 19 points. Yeah. Which is ridiculous from yeah. a winning position. So it just show goes to show defensively that's where where are our most vulnerable. And you know that's when you're looking at the new season that's upon you, you look at strengthening in their areas to make yourself better. It's defensive. It's defensively where you've got to strengthen. So, so yeah, Van Dijk's the one. It's big money. It's going to take its time. But I, like I said before, I think it, I think Liverpool will get over the line. What were you like as a player during the summer when there's transfer stories and wasn't probably as intense as it is now? You didn't have Sky Sports news yeah. all that time, or you didn't have. You, you probably had. A teletext or whatever it was yeah, at, yeah. The, at the time, where it was, you know, yeah. the, uh, flicking through the rumours column. But when you were there, and let's say Liverpool in with Paul Lynch, they signed him for, for a lot of money when you were there. Yeah. Other players at the time, were, were you were you excited as long as it wasn't in your position? Right, I was going to say, as long as it wasn't my <laughs> position, I was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, you'd always know if you don't win the league, then 
there's yeah. something not quite right. You need to improve, yeah. you know. And, and you know, we knew there was going to bodies needed to come in because it was quite apparent through January and February last season we didn't have enough bodies to cope with what we were doing. Kind of ran out of steam, didn't we? Yeah. Um, where that's where you're looking at bodies coming in, and we lost a couple of players as well to the African nations. So we knew players were co going to come in, but I think to improve, I think Liverpool needed players to, to go straight into the team. So obviously, back then, it was always a worry if a player was in your position because you knew that was the competition. Yeah. And then I would always look at the transfer fee, and I think if it was a big transfer fee, then he's not coming to sit on the bench. Yeah. So I'd always feel vulnerable, yeah. But I must admit, it was only when really Gerard Houllier came. I think when Bayard Hegem come into the yeah. come into the team where, or come into the squad that I, I felt threatened really. But I kind of just seen it as a challenge. You you've got to put that to bed and think right, this is a challenge. And at the minute I've got the number four shirt, well I've got the right back yeah. shirt. So um, I'm gonna have to keep playing well to keep it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it was a different manager with different ideas why I lost my place. But. But yeah, you've, I think you've got to embrace it, and I think I think the modern day player as well. I think they know that you know rotation is a big part of the game now, isn't it? So yeah. I don't think they feel as threatened as much as what we did. We always felt we wanted to play every game. Yeah. Where now I don't think they expect it. I think Klopp's even. I think Piercy ran a story from Klopp last week, basically that he, the manager had told them all, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to share the load because we want to be playing a lot of games. Well, next I think, season I think, I think if you look at the way Klopp and you look at the way his, his teams have, all his teams have played you know Dortmund if you, you know I always felt Dortmund he would he would not flog them but they would go all out yeah. like running a, a 400 metre race they'd just go all out yeah. and try and hang on yeah. for as much as they can <laughs> to the end of the season and try and get over the line yeah. and you know when you're them last five or six games, from experience, when you're pushing for a title, yeah. or put, the adrenaline kicks in, it yeah. does get you over the line. If you've got nothing to play for, you do fall away, um, and it can be a grind. And I think, you know, the Premier League's the only league that doesn't have that winter break, and I think the manager got caught out with that. I think we went all out up until December, and I was looking today, we only dropped 14 points up until January. Really, yeah. So it's 14 or 19 yeah. points. Yeah, no, 14, 14 points from 19 right, yeah. games it was. Yeah. We only dropped. And then, obviously, then, yeah. just the gas ran out, didn't it? No break. Yeah. January was just a nightmare, January, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. January and. So, do you expect Klopp to learn from that then? Because he's had, yeah. that's, he's had the first full season now, and he, he, as much as he'd probably say, oh, I, I, knew. I, I knew what was coming, he did express surprise a few times, didn't he? I mean, I remember him expressing surprise in his first season about having two legs in the League Cup semi final and things like yeah. that. And then he was. He played on a Saturday and then a Monday, didn't he? And with Man City and Sunderland, so he's he's experienced these but kind it, of things. It does mirror the, the the likes of the dormant seasons where yeah. they go all out, and you know he had the luxury in Germany of having that break where they rest, recuperate, yeah, yeah, recharge, and then they yeah. go again, yeah. and then they hang on right to the yeah. end. When really we just like ran out of gas yeah. over that Christmas period because I, I think if he was honest, I don't think he really realised. And even foreign players don't realise the intensity of, of yeah. a January, a Christmas and a January period. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The games are just like, yeah. you know, the ridiculous just come thick and fast. And when you're in there and you've got, your, well, for me, it was like United are winning the day before you're in and yeah. you've got to put you, the pressure's on. So even more mentally, it's like, you know, it's a drain. So they, so and then yeah. Liverpool did hang on towards yeah. the end of the season. Didn't so they got a second win yeah. towards the last month because the season, was that fourth yeah, place yeah. was really the finish in there. line was inside. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they kicked on. And what people then wanted to do was see that squad 
expand in size as well as quality just because there was a general thought that we needed a couple of real quality players and we've got one in I think we're, we think yeah. in Salah fingers crossed we might get Van Dijk who knows Cater looking less likely at this stage yeah. but there's a, there's also a general feeling I think among fans that we haven't strengthened in terms of core numbers as much as they should have um, some of that I think is mitigated by some of the younger players being a year older and maybe you're well, you're more ready to give them them a go like you know obviously we saw a bit of Trent last year but maybe he can become more of a integral figure this year exactly um, I, don't, I don't think you know you, you talk to them as kids but they've had a, they've had quite a bit of experience you know like you mentioned, mentioned there Arnold's had plenty of first team football um, Solanke not so much but you know he's He's a very, very good player. Very, very good player. You know the England, the international. He's played stuff big games, him. hasn't he? Yeah, he's played big yeah. games. You know, so you, you'd have no qualms with him being on the bench and even coming on and, yeah. and trying to do something. Um, Brewster's a, is a talent. You know, I had a look at him in Australia. He, he's sharp. He's not so not so much. He's ready yet, but they are coming through. And if you if you did need them, you, you could. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't yeah. want him on the bench every week. You know, I looked at our bench last season and it was weak at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had Woodburn on the bench, yeah. didn't we, and stuff. But you've got Gruwich back now. Yeah. He's had another full pre-season. Sturridge looks like he's staying. Ings is getting himself back. You know, so, you know, we're not that far away as having a, a real top, top squad. Yeah. yeah. We're not. What have you made of the, the what other teams have been doing in the top four, especially? I mean, yeah. with, with some of the spending has been, you know, Absurd in, in, in a lot of senses in terms of the, the figures yeah. that have been going. I mean, you mentioned Kyle Walker earlier, he seems to be the one that's being held up, but you look at Chelsea. 52. Yeah, 52 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 51. <laughs> 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 We've more than them, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm a better fan of Ballin. There you go. Well, you've got Chelsea spending big, you've got Manchester United spending world record fees on, on yeah. players, you've got City spending big. Do you know what? I, I, I think it's all, it's all dictated to by obviously the TV revenue that's coming in, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, when, they're not daft these clubs they know how much teams are getting now and how much you know, <laughs> money they've got to spend you know it was inevitable I think transfer fees were going up and up and up the Neymar deal will just will just be outrageous if yeah. that's meant it looks like it will do it? so where's it going to go you know is it sustainable are they going to have to do something about it you know I was thinking about it today you know maybe maybe you, you take a manager on for three seasons or five, give him a five year contract or whatever maybe he has to see out that contract and maybe have to develop players to come through because you know the need for success is instant isn't it yeah. you know so so you know Mourinho has to win the league or win the Champions League to be a success at Man United he'll go out and spend 100 million on yeah. Pogba and what is it 75 yeah. raise 100 for Lukaku they'll go and do it rather than you know give Rashford the opportunity yeah. you know if he had five years and he had to stay at that football club maybe transfer fees will come down a little bit because you know there isn't that need for that success instantly you know because they feel threatened because they get the sack now if they don't if they yeah. lose 10 games isn't it yeah. that's it you're out you know if they had a bit more security managers they might build something and these kids might get that opportunity and it might bring transfer fees down yeah. I don't know it's just I don't know it obviously never happened but you just wonder where, where it's going because yeah. it is sustainable. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Does anything stand out from what the, the rivals have done there in terms of is anyone you've looked at and thought, oh, they've got a good one there, or I'd be worried about him going there? I think or? City, I think if you go through them, I think City could go one way or the other. You know, he spent, what is it, 160 million on three yeah. players at the back. You know, again, if you look at them, their weakness for me, their Achilles heel was obviously in yeah. defence. He's addressed that problem. 
but Bravo, but the, the keeper Edison might yeah. be another Bravo, might yeah. he? You know, you, you just don't know if he's going to slot. Well, he spent in. big last summer on the defence. He spent John, bought John Stones yeah. and Claudio Bravo in. He got two, two full backs with unknown quality in the Premier League. Yeah. You don't know whether they're going to settle. I think the silver one, I think I like him. You know, Monaco yeah. seems to be this year's Southampton. Don't <laughs> think it's just everyone's just died, you know? So I think Man City. I think there's question marks over them. They'll be there all thereabouts, of course, yeah. Bill, but there's question mark over them. Guardiola's had a season as well, so I think he'll he'll know more of what to expect that as the games are more thick and fast than what he's used to. He'll, um, I think he'll rotate a bit better and stuff, but still an unknown quantity when it comes to some of their players. Chelsea, I think if you... Do you know what? I think if you beat Chelsea, you... I think Chelsea, yeah. I think Chelsea... Conte, I know, I know Costa, has he gone yet? He, 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 he I don't like think he's, he's going to play for Chelsea again, yeah. yeah, he looks like he's gone. But he's brought in, he's brought in Maratta, Bakayoko, Rudiger Rudiger, I've seen him yeah. in the summer, yeah, I like him, real yeah. good, good talent, yeah. 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 talent. Yeah. yeah, so... It's a big player in every bit of the pitch there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Matic one surprised me a little bit, because I thought he was... He played quite an integral part yeah. of, of their the winning season last year. It's typical Mourinho, isn't it, Jess, I think, in terms of... I know he spent a lot of money on Lukaku, yeah. um, but but since he's gone to Man United, a significant number of his signs have always have had a sort of defensive edge to them, hasn't he? Obviously, yeah. he spent yeah. money on Bay yeah. and and obviously he's got Lindelof uh, at the back this time, and also brought in Matic and Neem, who he's very happy, comfortable, familiar with what he delivers in terms of cover, and I, I always think he. That's where he instantly looks to try and improve his side. Is well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make them snarly and hard to beat. And and obviously it worked for him last season with two trophies. And albeit that, you know, they finished outside the top four. You can only expect them to take a step forward this season, can't you? It was a, it was a bit of a smoother winning, winning the two trophies for them. But yeah. deep down, Man United is Champions League and Premier League in it, so it is kind of a bit of a smoother than, you know. He, he does like to install that winning mentality in his team straight away by winning something from yeah. it, which he did last season. They'll have the taste for it, and you know, obviously, like you said, they've, they've gone again. Goals was apparent their problem last season. Yeah. I think defensively, for all the chopping and changing, they actually did all right. United, yeah. the, the goal return uh, defensively was not bad, but going forward, they were a shambles at times, and that cutting edge, I think, was what was lacked. He's brought in Carrick. I think Matic has been brought in because. Although Carrick, ironically, was the player he didn't fancy, who actually turned out to be the yeah. star man for him, didn't it, in the end? But I think he's addressed that Carrick can't go forever, so Matic is obviously coming for him. Lukaku's the one who's obviously going to bring the goals for him. Um, but the, yeah, they'll be tough. They'll be, be a better outfit. I didn't think they were that far away last season. I'd done them a couple yeah. of times at Old Trafford. I watched them away a couple of times as well. They weren't that far away. I mean, that Burnley game was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. still be there now and they still want to score. It was just ridiculous, but but you just know Mourinho, they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, Lacazette at Arsenal, looking forward to him. He's another Henri and Elkin, any typical yeah. Arsenal Wenger signing. Um, be interesting to see how that plays out with because Jens Lehmann's gone first team coach, and he yeah. see how, how much he has to, has to have a say in a and an, um, an input next season. Um, but it's just it just feels like it's still that. That shift, that's like you know, just on the waves and it just ready to go. Way, yeah, it's just like it's going either way and it could just topple over and all yeah. end in tears. You know, is that 
he's had a great bit of business for Arsenal after the season they had manager, you know, on the ropes. Yeah. For, for Play, players potentially big players potentially leaving in Sanchez. Yeah. And well, that's what I was going to say. Sometimes you look in the market, lads, and I just think sometimes the players you keep are the best signings. You yeah. look at you're talking about Mourinho. The guy, I mean, yeah. we haven't heard of anything of him going all last season. It was Real Madrid, Real Madrid, and no one yeah. at all. Yeah. So he's kept him. What a great signing! He, well, yeah. not a signing, but what a great yeah. player to keep. He would be. Well, leads, leads into Liverpool with Coutinho, I suppose, doesn't it? In the same sense, would That's that? Where be, I was going with yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry, I've, uh, sorry, <laughs> I've ruined your parade there. But yeah, but you got you got Liverpool then. Do you know what I see this? Hold of him. I see this as a Suarez scenario all over again. Um, I think. I think from a business point of view, commercially, I think it'd be disaster to let him go. Um, he's the golden boy. He's, you know, he's the one, you know, from a commercial point of view that, you know, the club would desperately want to keep hold yeah. of. But I think from a playing point of view, you know, I think, you know, he is the one that opens things up. He's got, you know, tremendous ability on the ball. You know, he's the, he's the player that makes things happen in the final third. He's got bags of ability. You know, but and I think selling him would send out the wrong message as well. Um, certainly when you're trying to build something. But then again, you know they've said he's not for sale. Everyone has the price. Unfortunately, everyone has the price. Now whether Liverpool can, you know, get round him, and it's Barcelona as well yeah. for him, which yeah. is which is always tricky. Like the Suarez deal, you know, soon Suarez knew Barcelona. He wanted to go, didn't he? Yeah. And I think Liverpool, as you know, from a from the club's perspective, I think. Done it, done it well with Suarez, kept him for a season yeah. and then let him go. Whether they said to him, listen, you can go at the end of the season, we'll never know, but you feel that's, I feel that's what happened. Yeah. They might just say that to Coutinho, listen, give us one more season, you know, and yeah. then, you know, if it's still on the cards and it's for the right money, we'll let you go. But saying that, if they come in with 100 million, 110 million, you know, can they can they afford not to let him go? Do you think Liverpool, the way the way their summer's gone for Liverpool, where they've obviously had the money to spend on players but haven't been able to get the players even though they've had it, would that affect their decision to sell Casino in the sense that he might say, well, well, say what good's 110 million if, yeah, if the say, guy we want to buy yeah. doesn't want well, to Well, well obviously the other the downside of obviously selling them say for 100 million, 110 million is everyone else knows that when you're after their players, yeah, you've yeah. just got 110 million in the bank. Yeah, so, so why Everton were quite clever because Everton bought all their that's players sometimes doing a bit of business. Money, exactly, it? that's why doing a bit of your business early is yeah. sometimes the best way to do it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, who do, who do Liverpool get if they sell them? Yeah, you exactly. know, it, it'll, it'll be tough, but you know, from a, from a business sense, you know, is it yeah. selling for 100, 110 million? Is that good business? Everyone well, has their price. I think the majority of fans, everyone listens to this in their car or on their yeah. walking the dog or whatever they do when they listen, says we'll all be going, no, it's not good <laughs> business. Because, because but they would like to say the player turns around and wants to go. I think that's where you have the problem, isn't it? And I think, I, I think Coutinho has been respectful but quiet in terms of, yeah. you know, he hasn't come out and said... I, I want to go, but he hasn't come out and said. Apart from back in January, he said I want to be here for a few more years when he yeah. signed his contract, which is great. But he, he he obviously, you know, has an affinity, as you say, to Barcelona, as a lot of the South American players do. It's Madrid or Barcelona, isn't it? And um, and yeah, you couldn't knock. You, I, do you know what? You couldn't knock him for wanting yeah. to go. And that's no disrespect to Liverpool because it's the South American. You were yeah. you were at Bolton and Liverpool came in. I'm sure you were, you, you would have walked to Anfield from. from I would have crawled. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. on broken glass, <laughs> on fire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's quite that scenario, but you're right in the sense. Yeah. 
you know. And I, there are certain clubs that when they come in, the light bulb's off and it's well, me yeah. head's, head's already going. On, it's just, on the way. it's just whether, it's just whether Bar- how much Barcelona want him, and how much Liverpool put on his head, because there is a price. Yeah. You know, if they come in and said oh, we're going to give you 130 million, yeah. you've got to sell him. You've got yeah. to sell him. It's just. There's a price. Everything yeah. has its price. You never think Neymar would leave, would you? No. He's about to <laughs> go. Not, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You never thought Bale would leave for that, but, but yeah. that price just dictates the transfer. Yeah. But it would be very difficult for Liverpool to replace him. I don't know who you can. I don't know. I've never even thought about it. Assuming Liverpool were to, were to keep Coutinho then yeah. and, and get, say, Van Dijk, could Liverpool do better than last season and could they better what they did yeah. last season and, and challenge for the title maybe or challenge for win a trophy go deep in the Champions League know, I was asked I was asked about two weeks ago funny enough when we were in Hong Kong if Liverpool got Keita Van Dijk and obviously Salah's in now do you think they could win the title I, I said back then and I stand by it now if we got all well we got one if we got the other two I think Liverpool would, would challenge yeah. would challenge I think without Keita I think we'd just fall short will just fall short but I would expect a bit of silverware and I'd expect it was running the Champions League and then you get him next season yeah. but then you lose Coutinho if he stays it's, it's, it's just you just yeah. got out here it changes so much doesn't yeah, it football it, it, as well yeah. I'd like us to get that as Dia says get that one more year where you, you see because I'd love to see that combination of Salah Mane and Coutinho all in the same team to see what damage they can do he's a player and you know just and, and talking about being around them Training and being around, and like, no, no, Firmino. Oh, Firmino? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Steven Gerrard said, didn't he? Steven Gerrard said he, he shocked him out. Well, it was Australia. We, we, yeah. we went out after the game and stuff, and, and Stephen, we were, we were having a pint and we were talking about him. And he went, he's a player. And, and when Stephen said it, I thought, right, I'll have a right, right good look at him. And just like watching him just around the lads and stuff, he's, he's like, he's got a great manner about him. He's not big time, he's not like, he's not flash or anything like that. Goes about his business quite quietly, but. When you actually focus on him and stuff, yeah. his touch is lovely. He's silky, moves into great positions. He's a player. He's yeah. a player for me, you know. Klopp loves him as well. Yeah, he's he? a player, and he works hard as well. That's what he loves. He works hard, yeah. and unfortunately, that's where Daniel, you know, him and Daniel, if you look at them, why Klopp likes him is because he, it's what he does without the ball for me, you know, yeah. and it's what Daniel doesn't do. Yeah. That's why he's not in the team because yeah. you, you can't take away from what Daniel Sturridge has got, yeah. you know, which is on his day. With the ball, is one of the best. Is one of the best strikers in the country, if not Europe. It's just what he does with that yeah. So just finally, then looking ahead to the season, one of you, are you still? Do you still have that excitement? New season excitement? You know, you're not playing anymore. Do you still have that sort of? Can't wait yeah. for it to get going. And you know, I've got to be honest. Last season, I was like really excited because obviously Guardiola, come Mourinho was yeah. back. He'd gone to United. Um, there was a new. There was another one as well. Who was the other new Koeman. manager? Koeman. No, well, Cumin had gone to Everton. Yeah. Uh, was it Guardiola? Oh, Conte, Conte yeah, into, course, yeah, into yeah. Chelsea. So there was obviously that excitement because you know, the big names aren't they, and obviously yeah. they attract big players. So I looked at it and thought, oh, this is going to be good. This and plus Liverpool as well. I thought they'll be in and around it as well. But I just think this season, I just think it's going to be fascinating. I just, I don't think you can. I know I've said Chelsea, but I, deep down, I don't think you can. Yeah. I wouldn't like to have a bet on it. Yeah, I just think you do with someone so else's money. Well, I would use someone else's money, yeah. <laughs> all those money. <laughs> yeah. but, but I wouldn't, you know, I'd never been a Liverpool fan. I'd never write them off as not being able to win it. Um, I just think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. 
Let's hope you're right. Let's hope you're right there, yeah. Um, thanks a lot, Jason. I know you're off to, uh, to go and do the uh, Bayern Munich Bayern game. Munich Liverpool versus yeah. Bayern Munich, it's all right. Yeah, it yeah. should be a good one. So, uh, obviously, this, this will be going out after that, so we uh, we can't talk about that game or the uh, the game on, on uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, we'll but you'll be tomorrow. in Dublin to see them against Athletic Bilbao. I'm going, weekend, yeah, yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting. Full weekend, making a weekend of it. We're going on Thursday. I'm with Aldo as well, so um, I don't I don't know what Friday, Saturday or Sunday has in store yeah. apart from a headache. If you, if, you, if you listen to this in Dublin, watch out for Aldo and Jess in yeah. Dublin on, Temple, on the weekend. Temple Bar somewhere, I'm sure they'll be around there. Oh, we don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, thanks very much for your time, really appreciate it. Cheers, cheers. Yeah, cheers, Cheers. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 20,50 per maand met de Huawei P20 Lite. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.